Hello, and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Um, as you've noticed, we've done just a, just a touch different as far as the, the flow of the morning, and we're going to do some silent time and reflection at the end of the, of the message as we do kind of our personal worship time. Um, but as I was uh, in worship this morning, um, the, the Lord talks to us also as we sing to him and could just feel the Lord's uh, love for the Musselman family. This felt God's appreciation for what they're doing. And it's just neat to see young family engaged in worship the way that you guys are and uh, you notice that um, Missy is singing and has been singing for uh, for a while and I could hear Kira behind me in the last couple weeks I've been hearing Kira as she sings and the spirit of the Lord is just on that little girl um, and it's neat to be able to hear it coming out of the mouth of babes, if you will. Um, Dustin, who's been playing the drums, uh, was also playing guitar today. Um, Dustin, how does it feel to have all of the talent? That's just a, just a bummer right there. <laughs> it gets you in trouble, he said. Um, and then uh, had Caden on the drums today and just playing the little, the little box there was just cool. Jackson up running the sound, um, Alex giving him an awkward massage um, up there. But Jackson is, is doing it, Kyler up in his class. So anyway, I just felt just my own appreciation, but just felt the heart of the Lord for you guys and just hope that this is a fun season of family and worshiping together as a family and that it needs to be more than just on a Sunday morning right hopefully we're doing it in our kitchen on Monday and hopefully we're doing it in our cars on Tuesday and we're doing it all throughout the week um, but uh, I thought this was a really neat picture to see this morning we're going to continue in our series here on uh, the characteristics of God and the different character that God has and we talked about the glory of God or the majesty and the bigness of God uh, last week and now we're going to move in to this idea that God is also one who meets us in our point of pain he's the suffering savior and he goes through hardship with us I think sometimes if we don't have a proper theology on suffering when hardship hits then it's, it's, it's like a wolf that comes in the middle of the pack of the sheep and just can, can scatter it quickly. If we don't truly have an understanding that, that God does allow some hard things to happen. How many of y'all wish that whenever you were born, whenever life started and you entered the world, that life came with a warning label? And the warning label says, this thing's going to be hard. This thing is not going to be easy. You come out of your mother's womb, and the very first thing that happens, the doctor grabs you and he spanks you. Woo! Welcome to it. Welcome to this world. And the first thing you get is you get a shot of air and you get a spanking. Um, so let's take a deep breath because it's going to be hard right from the get when we enter this world. And sometimes we get it confused and we fast forward the tape 40, 50, 60 years and we think life wasn't supposed to be this hard. And somewhere as a kid, we just thought it was going to be sunshine and rainbows and peaches and cream all the time. And the reality is it just isn't that way. Maybe for some of you, this is the biggest season of suffering that you have been in. Perhaps for some of you, it was a few years ago 
Maybe a divorce happened. Maybe, maybe you lost a child and just the pain and the agony. Maybe you lost a, a parent, a sibling. I don't know what it could have been, but just some, some ache that's just kind of sat in us for a little bit. And it's been hard. Perhaps you've seen athletes before and they get an injury. Maybe they roll their ankle or they, they hurt their knee or something like that. And, and uh, trainers come out on the, on the field like Sam, right? She comes running out. And, and you need to lean on somebody. You get your arms around. You've got to hop off of the kind of hobble off of the playing field. Maybe for some of you, you feel like you're leaning on someone as you're walking through some pain. Maybe for others of you, you are the person that's holding others up and it's actually wiping you out. It's exhausting lifting everybody else up as they've walked through hardship. But for whatever we have gone through, this thing, that thing, or the other, we have gone through some different things in life. Anybody ever tell your kids right whenever you're getting ready to spank them, you're getting ready to bring some discipline and you say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I always thought, if it's going to hurt you more, and I'm the one that needs the punishment, let's turn this thing around and I'll start spanking you. It'll be so painful for me if I just start spanking you. I never tell that to my kids. Um, I tell them, this is going to hurt. I just tell them. It's going to hurt. And as we look at some things of suffering, I just want to kind of lay out just a, a brief foundation, but hopefully some, some foundational things, because whenever hardship does come, when sickness comes in, when death comes in, when we think it's way too early, when financial struggles come upon us, I think there's a few ways that we get into things of suffering. And I just want to kind of look at what I think are three of them, how we go into, into suffering. Maybe as you look at the idea that I thought I was going to become a Christian and Jesus would fix all of my problems. He's a genie in the bottle. Just give it a little rub. He pops out, grants all my wishes, and I just move on with life. And unfortunately, we just didn't read the fine print on that warning label. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes maybe we see hardship or, or we don't like what we have seen. Maybe we don't like the idea that God is a father when we had an abusive father. Maybe we were in a church and the pastor wasn't perfect. And we didn't like the whole church experience, and then we can even blame God. If this is the family of God, why would we treat each other that way? We can just go through stuff and then unfortunately put it onto God. Or if God was so good, why does he allow these hardships to happen, right? Just those tough questions that sometimes we don't have the answers on this side. One of them, I think, is we just make some of our own decisions. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily suffering, it's just consequences, right? It's just we live in this world where there's some consequences of how we treat one another. At the fall, and by the fall, I mean when Adam and Eve first entered into sin, we were created in this beautiful, amazing, perfect world, and we got incredibly self-centered 
when sin ran rampant, right? It became about me and my own comforts, and, and I got to get mine, and so I squeeze you out, and, and I can speak abusively to you or hurtful to you. And sometimes we just kind of have to live out how we treat one another. Or maybe we just make dumb decisions with our money, and then we call it financial suffering, and it's just the consequences of making bad decisions or we treat enough people this way and then we wonder why we don't have friends and life just gets really really hard not realizing that many of it we could point back to ourselves the other thing is I believe is that we live in a fallen world is that we now die we have sickness and disease and we don't have complete healing and health all of the time there are legit things that are just constantly coming on us. And the, my, my family right now, all my kiddos are just suffering with sickness and coughs and sniffles and flus and all that sort of stuff. And that's just baseline. And then it ramps up and we've got harder health issues. And we've got cancer and we've got Guillain-Barre and we've got all of these things that just kind of creep in on us. And here's the deal. If we don't have a proper perspective, it can crash our faith so quickly. Why didn't God heal? Why do we have heart attacks? Just this past week, my sister had a stroke, 39 years old. 39. They found this little hole in her heart. Does it crash our faith? Where's God? Is he not faithful? Doesn't he just always make us superheroes all of the time? Or are we, are we subjected underneath a fallen world where there's going to be some pain and some hardship? some suffering in the midst of it all. And then lastly, I think the third one is there's spiritual warfare. We have an enemy that wants to wipe us out. We have an enemy who is here. John chapter 10, verse 10 says to kill, to steal, and to destroy our lives. That's what he's after. It's amazing whenever I think of, just as we've been praying for Holly Harrell, there's this fallen world where sickness happens, right? And I believe it's spiritual warfare as well. She's on the front lines leading missional movements, trying to reach the lost, make disciples, trying to wipe out people in her family. There's an enemy and he is ruthless. And if we don't really wrap our minds around this, then we just say, well, God's, God just was taking a nap whenever I got cancer. God just was not paying attention, or God's bad. God wasn't involved when my dad was abusive to me, or on and on and on realizing that there's a lot of things that go into suffering if you would check out this and I've got it on the screens as well but James chapter 5 starting in verse 7 it says be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. He's appealing to having patience in the midst of suffering because one day God's going to redeem it all. Can I just encourage this perspective that heaven is the great equalizer. Whatever we got ripped off on here on this fallen earth, we're going to get more so on the other side. Whatever we feel like maybe I didn't get mine, I'll tell you, I'm going to have the most amazing full locks of hair in heaven. I'm going to have surfer dude hair. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to, I got ripped off on this side, but I'm going to get it on the, on the other side. Or health, or a relationship, or a heart that's just fully alive with emotion and love and joy. We just, we're all aching and suffering on this side. But he says, be patient. 
until the coming of the Lord because there's one day that's coming and he's going to redeem it all. Do not grumble with one another, brothers and sisters, or be judges. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I love the idea of being confident in the midst of suffering. Doesn't seem like those two necessarily go together. It seems like suffering comes and we get weaker. And he says to stand in the face of suffering with patience. I have a hard time with patience when life is good. How much harder when, when, when life, when, when hardship comes my way to stay rock solid, unmoved in a place of patience. Somebody who has been inspiring to me, and man, I'm not sure if I've told him enough, Bill Holder. Bill Holder's walked through some hardships in life. For many of you know, several years ago, who's lost a, a, a child. Anybody who's lost a child, you know. Bill's probably one of the most positive, upbeat, energetic, go-getter, after-life sort of guys. I mean, he just looks at, not the glasses half full, the glasses overflowing. It's unbelievable just to be around this guy. He, he invites my spirit up to a higher place, to kind of the transcendence, right, to come above. Whenever God calls us to be overcomers, overcome what? When it's all good. For us to persevere, persevere through what if it's all easy? Whenever he says that, that, that he doesn't necessarily promise it to be easy, actually in Matthew he says, in this life you will have trouble. But he says, but it's all good, I'm with you. I'll give you peace, I'll give you strength to endure. For some of you that have walked through it, can I just encourage you to stand back in its face, suffering. Proverbs 31 talks about this woman. It says that she looks at the days ahead and she laughs. <laughs> There's something that I want to be a woman in Proverbs 31 so bad. To be able to look at what's coming ahead and know that it's not always easy. Know that it's not always just a, just a walk in the park. It's not a just always just cake all the time. But sometimes looking suffering in the face and laughing with joy down deep in my spirit, knowing that God is faithful, that he'll endure, and he'll walk me through it. James, he references Job. Job, who was one of the, the guys early on, early on in the whole creation of man. And, and we see, we know what happens in Job, chapter 1 and chapter 2. The enemy comes, and he says, he says God, who is it that I can pick on? I want to pick on somebody. Sometimes in suffering, we think either God is bad or maybe even God is judging us. Maybe God did this to punish me. What's fascinating here is God offers Job to the enemy, not because he was being punished because he was bad. He says he's the most righteous in all of the land. Let's not get it mixed and think, listen, listen to the lies of the enemy. You're bad. Life is hard. God's not with you. God is against you. God's, God's breaking down your body. God's dividing your family. 
Is that the voice of the Lord? Or would God say, even though the family is breaking apart, I want to be a father to the fatherless. I want to be your husband in the midst of it all. I want to be a friend to the friendless. And he dives in the midst of the suffering. It doesn't always alleviate us from it, but he comes into the midst of it. He's a savior in the midst of our suffering. And so Job, as we know, he's got 10 kids. They all, they all die. There's a storm that comes in. All of his barns you know, collapse in his homes, and he loses all of his livestock. Everything gets completely wiped out. D-Deckers know a little bit about that. Seeing it all go up in smoke, literally. But they continue to worship, and they show up on Sundays, and they're saying, just like Job, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. There's this sustainability, and without a proper theology of suffering, it can scatter us. And I'll tell you, suffering exposes, it puts the, puts the magnifying glass truly on the endurance of your spirit and your, and your connection to the Lord. Think of Lynn Jessup, lost Bill, early, way too early. His 40s, right? And yet I'm gonna drill down on the church family and stay and worship and be here and reach out to others and pull them in, right? I mean, she's just in it. It exposes us what's really going on here. There's endurance that stays. Candy Hoke stays in it, continues to worship through it all. doesn't mean it's easy, but it does mean that it's possible to stay in the midst of it all. And on and on and on. We've all got different stories of pain. And can I encourage this? Maybe it wasn't hard decisions that you made that kind of put your life into jeopardy. Maybe it's just the natural fallen world where disease and sickness came on. Maybe it's spiritual warfare that's going on. And we need to kick the enemy in his teeth. We need to put our foot on his throat and say we're not going to back down that easy and begin to fight back. Begin to fight for our own spirits. Even if we have lost loved ones and we think, what am I fighting for? For our own hearts, for our own joy in the midst of this life of pain and suffering. To focus our eyes on Jesus and not all of the hardship, but to get our eyes set on the hill, the one where our help comes from. Because this is a land grab of our mind, how we think. And if the enemy can sneak in and grab a hold of this land and this perspective, it's over. And we've got to fight for this mind. Isaiah chapter 53, starting in verse 3, it says this, talking about Jesus. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering who was familiar with our pain. Don't you love the fact that Jesus was in? He's familiar with pain. It's not like he's just kind of anesthetized himself from it. He never experienced it. No, Jesus lived on this planet. Jesus was hungry. Isn't that a cool thought? Jesus was tired. Jesus was subjected to this lower realm. Jesus was beaten. He was exposed naked in public. Talk about sexual assault to completely strip someone naked and parade them around the town and beat them. Like one from whom hide their faces, he was despised. We held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punishable by God, stricken by him. He was afflicted, 
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we can be healed. We all like sheep. We've gone astray. Each of us have then turned to our own ways. We've turned away from this God because of suffering. We've gone to our own self. Or maybe we try to anesthetize the pain with other options. The Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. I want to encourage you this, that Jesus is in the midst of it, that he is in the midst of the suffering. He is the suffering Savior with us. And he is the God of your grind. He is the God in the midst of the hardship, that he's up at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning with you. He's climbing into that car. Officer Dollar, he's sitting with you in the car as we sit outside of homes staking out what's going on as you're fighting and protecting he's he's with you as you bring justice to fairmount and safety to our community isn't that fun to think that he is in the the tractor with you as you're going through it that he's in the the trailer he's in the office that he's showing up to work he's the god of the grind each and every day he's in the kitchen having those hard conversations he's in that marriage all of the time james says that god who is full of compassion and mercy in the midst of it all jeremiah 31 Verse 25 says, For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. Any of you ever just gone to sleep and you wake up even more tired? You can't even get rest. Like there's just no rest for the weary. There's times whenever I go to sleep and I feel like I have run a marathon all night, thinking what in the world was that? You're just frustrated in your dreams and you're hot and you're cold and you're, you're, your mind is running 100 miles an hour and you get that meeting and you said that thing yesterday and you shouldn't have said that thing yesterday and you forgot this, and you, right? It's like the enemy even, he's ruthless, bombards you in your sleep. Jeremiah says, I want to come and replenish your soul. Restore your soul. Philippians 3, chapter 10 says this. This is Paul talking and he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and to participate in his suffering, becoming like him in death. I don't know about you, but that sounds crazy. I don't think that I want to know Jesus in suffering. But for those of you that have walked through mega levels of suffering, Jason and Sarah are going to be here next week. They're going to talk about mega loads of suffering. And it seems like it just doesn't quit. You get to know a whole other Jesus than if you've just had a cakewalk your whole life. You get to know a ferociously faithful God. You get to know this Jesus who's in suffering with you. And Paul says, I've gotten to know the fellowship of suffering. It's almost like there's a fraternity right? Widows have it. Widowers have it. Parents that have lost children. There's just a natural fellowship of connection in the midst of pain. And if anyone knows the pain, it's Jesus who wants to go through it for us. This last week, our kids went to the, to the doctor because of the flu. And Nora and Judah are sitting there. 
Judah just turned nine. Happy birthday. You're going to the doctor. Nora, who is four, she weighs an amazing amount of 27 pounds at four. Itty bitty baby. And they say, you both have the same thing, but in order to kind of do the, we're, we're just going to test one of you, and then we're going to prescribe these, these meds. And uh, Judah just sucking wind, and, the, and they ask, the doctor asks, which child do we want to go take this little tube up their nose, back of their nose, and do a swab in the back of their throat? Nobody, I mean, that just sounds terrible, doesn't it? And Judah says, I will so that Nora doesn't have to. <sighs> Let me tell you, proud dad moment right there, to try to get him to volunteer for pain so that someone else doesn't have to. You see, we've got this suffering savior who, although we're subjected to this fallen world, and we're gonna experience a lot, y'all, he doesn't just anesthetize the pain, give us a sil silver bullet, and then it's all good. But here's what he does do is he saves us from eternal pain, from eternal damnation, from eternal separation from this very good God. The word savior means that he's able to redeem out of. And he, although we're, we have an enemy and although we're in a fallen world and although we make a lot of bad decisions that we have to reap the repercussions of, he offers eternal life, and he offers something greater on the other side. We're going to sit here just for a moment as we do, and, and just kind of some personal worship time, but just think, what's those, those points of suffering? And maybe I've just made a lot of just stupid decisions in life, and then I blame God for how hard life has been. Wrestle through that. Work in your own heart. Also, get your eyes open to the fact that we're in a fallen world and that there's just, there's sin, there's heartache, there's sickness, there's death, there's a d d disease, there's disabilities, there's all kinds of things that we're going to have to endure on this side. This world is not heaven. And then also, Lord, what are those areas where I feel like it's more than just decisions, it's more than a, a fallen world, it's an attack from the enemy. And I need to put on the full armor of God and gear up for battle. Let's just sit here just for a moment.
Jesus, I just ask you right now, Lord, that you would develop our mindset on pain and hardship. Jesus, I pray that we would not be so easily uh, just to, to crash in our faith. Lord, I pray that you would change us from having just such a soft gospel to, to realizing that the Bible tells us it's going to be hard. Lord, I pray that you would grow us as a church family, mature us, have some endurance in our spirit, man, to be able to hang tough in the midst of an attack, in the midst of a fallen world. Lord, I pray that we would be a church family that instead of just critiquing one another in the midst of our suffering, that we would dive in it with each other, encourage our hearts, lift our heads, bring some life to each other. Lord, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for those that continue to stand. No matter how hard it gets, they continue to stand. Jesus, we just honor you and we thank you that you're a suffering Savior in the midst of it all with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.